Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sunny. I am here with my co-host, Giant Skyhawk. Uh, that, factually, yes, that is who I am. I am Giant Skyhawk, co-host of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. I guess I'm not actually here with you if we're getting factual. Uh, you know. uh, you, you, make a, you make a good argument, actually. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, a, a, I'm across from you in we're some here cosmic in spirit. sense. well of course thank you for joining me skyhawk and uh before we get too far in we do want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors so a huge thank you to of course steel fox games and etb games for their continual support of the podcast we also want to thank of course gem accessories for their support and if you are going to go ahead and check out dragon shield they have the new custom sleeves for japanese size that you can go ahead and check out if you're going to do anything like that be sure to use our affiliate link in the description down below costs you nothing extra and i still haven't ordered mine i'm gonna order some custom sleeves but i i promise i will but uh, in the meantime if you want to go ahead and use our code you can go ahead and get yourself some new custom japanese size sleeves and i think that you'll really enjoy them my understanding mean, uh, is that they're the same quality as the dual mat sleeves that they normally put out uh, uh you mean the affiliate link right that yeah that. Yes. Well, use use the link in the description and not an imaginary code. Yeah, that. So, anyway, <laughs> us support us. Yeah, that. Mm. <laughs> uh, of course, we also want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast. Again, if you want to get an extra episode every week, all you have to do is join the five dollar and up patron tier. If you want your name in at the end of every episode. You can do that in the $1 and up tier. And starting in the $5 and up tier, we do have little Patreon merch things that go out every month. So be sure to check that out. Also, I promise, I swear in the $10 and up tier, we're going to do the live streams. We're going to start back. 
I think as soon as potentially this week. We'll see. I've got to get, we got to work on scheduling for that, but because we need to do the one for June. So, uh, of course, also, uh, we do want to, uh, there was, there was something else I wanted to shout do. Out. Uh, you shout There's out gem accessories? I already did that. Okay. Anyway, welcome to today's episode. Uh, we do have quite a bit to talk about today. We've got quite a bit of news, uh, notes coverage, and even some discussion to be doing. Uh, I am actually going to do a bit of a quick pivot, uh, something we haven't done before. Uh, mm-hmm. We are going to talk about... We, get a, we do a polls pretty regularly in the Discord server, and I keep saying that we're going to do these polls and discuss them on the podcast. I have a mod Mm -hmm. specifically making these polls for us to discuss on the podcast. Shout out to you, Mirren, for continually doing these polls and us never talking about them. Uh, So we got four of them that we're going to knock out real quick, get caught up, and then we're going to make this (laughs) a thing we do at the beginning of episodes. That way we don't forget. We just have to make sure not to fall down the rabbit hole talking too much about them. Deal. I mean, yeah. So, uh, we are going to do which exceeds ranking has the best toolbox, or did we already do this one? Uh, we did this one, but it may be on a lost episode. Oh, no, we did this one. Oh, uh, we did this with GGYGO. Okay, we agreed rank four? Uh, yeah, I think we agreed rank four with an argument to be made for Zeus in rank eight. Yeah. Uh, which deck will have the most success in the new format? Did we do this one? Uh, I don't think so. It's kind of weird because I think the answer has changed now that we really are in like a kind of a new, new format. Yeah. Uh, so the options were Runic Live Twin, Sprite, Kashtira, Branded, Labyrinth, Runic for Hire, Sky Striker, mm-hmm. Rika Sun Avalon, Swordsoul, Melfi, Sprite, Runic, and Other. Uh, I personally, other. I chose Melfi, Sprite, Runic when I, when this poll came out, I haven't changed my answer. I've kept my answer exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Kashira was like the very obvious choice and can't fault anybody that picked it, which it was the most popular choice, that and other. But right. I, I think Kashira is very popular as well as Labyrinth. And the third most mm-hmm. popular deck, at least today, was the Runic for Hire deck. So, Yeah, that's true. Uh, if we look at uh, the spoilers maybe for later, but no... Uh, live twin uh, variants of sprite topped and i think right. that's what people were expecting was that live twin of runic sprite to do well but we had none in the remote dual ycs and i know there were people who entered with it so it's uh it, it, it will be interesting um, i'm super curious to see what's up i think this is one of those formats where you're just gonna see different sprite runic variants topping every single event yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of the, the case when you have a deck that, that has, like, an engine that can fit everything in it, right? Like, right. you can, anything that gets advantage, like, Fur Hire gets advantage, Life Twin generates advantage. Uh, anything that can jam the cards. Will, like, Gishki Sprite was something people were talking about before the Elf ban. So, anything that has that type of variation will always be able to find a niche in a format. Because something is going to have, something is going to have game. Yeah. So... I think the third one is, although I do appreciate Swordsoul being in there, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the best. Uh, what Yu-Gi-Oh monster would you let step on your chest? Shout out to Sunny for this one. Listen, the Cook Girl from the <laughs> New Bells archetype is just 
something different. But <laughs> the options here were Witchcraft or Jenny. Uh, Witchcraft or Jenny. Uh, Witchcraft or Jenny. A surprising pick also in Witchcraft or Jenny. And, mm-hmm. of course, Soul Eating Oviraptor. Uh, the winner of this poll was Soul Eating Oviraptor. Which uh, I excellent. never made a vote, so I'm just going to go ahead and vote. Uh, 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 d- listen. Hear me out. Okay? I, I, I'm a, I'm a, as you can see by this image that I'm flashing on the screen that Sonny cannot see. Uh, because Truly. of the way we're recording right now. Uh, I am a very big fan of Soul Eating Oviraptor. And, uh, yes. And we will, uh, we will leave it there. Okay, my question though is, would you let Soul Eating Oviraptor step on your chest? Because he's got some big claws. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think that would be a good way to go. R.I.P. Skyhawk. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> I think this is the newest poll, so we'll be all caught up. What is your favorite evolution? So this is actually going to be a surprising one, Skyhawk, because I think you and I, uh, I think that we have, have the same potentially the same answer here. Because... Uh, the, obviously, the options are Eevee, the original, of course. Uh, Vaporeon, mm-hmm. Jolteon, Flareon, Espeon, Umbreon, first two gens, of course. Uh, Gen 4s, Leafeon, yeah. and Glaceon. And then, you, of course, you have Sylveon from Gen 7. Yeah, Sylveon's Gen 7. Um, so, my answer to this question is Jolteon. Uh, I played okay. the absolute heck out of Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. and. Okay. At the beginning of that game, you can choose between Jolteon, uh, Flareon, or uh, Vaporeon. Whereas in, um, you just start with Espeon and Umbreon and Colosseum. Sure. Uh, I, my ride or die duo in, in XD Gale of Darkness was Jolteon Walrein. But I don't know any, I like, this was at the time, like, I didn't know anything about, like, how to construct teams at all. Sure. I always just led with Jolteon Walrein. So Jolteon is my answer. So Jolteon was actually my answer, too. Because... I found that uh, it's so funny. We have these. We have an answer for literally the exact opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I played the snot out of Pokemon Red version because, as mentioned previously, I kind of grew up on like hand-me-downs of a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I, me and my friend would talk about Pokemon Red at school. I didn't know he was playing Pokemon Fire Red, and I was playing Pokemon Red version. And I didn't know that there was a remake of Pokemon Fire Red. Like, a Pokemon Red version. I didn't know Fire Red was a thing. So, like, one day, we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to trade. And when I show up, we're like, we go to, like, hang out. We're, like, at each other's houses. And I go to hang out at his house, and he has Pokemon Fire Red. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, this is Pokemon Fire Red. It's for the Game Boy Advance. He's like, what is that? And I'm like, this is Pokemon Red version for, um, for the Game Boy Color. And he was like, huh. And I was like, huh. Neither of us had any clue. He didn't know that it was that old. I didn't know there was one that new. But when I played this snot out of that game, I always made a Jolteon because of the way that my team was otherwise constructed. Mm-hmm. I needed a way to cover flying types. Because I always went Bulbasaur as my starter. So I needed a way to cover flying types. So I always made Jolteon to cover flying. Which... The more I think about it, I probably should have gone Vaporeon and just used Ice Beam. That way I can also cover fire, but whatever. I was a child. And I mm-hmm. always picked Volt- Jolteon, and the more I picked it, the more I was just like, I liked how fast Jolteon was. He always hit first, which I loved. So, I don't know. I've just always liked Jolteon. And then I never really played Gen 2. Umbreon's cool, but 
I like Jolteon more. Jolteon's spiky and he's fast. So I I I do love I love like I love the yellow. I love the spikiness. I, I love the I, little I white like around the neck. Yeah, it's honestly like all of the evolutions are good. It's just that Jolteon is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything against any evolution at all, except for maybe Sylveon, because personally, I feel like they kind of gave it Sylveon to just kind of boost the fairy representation within the game and push the new fairy typing while also making Sylveon kind of broken because I mean it makes sense right like new evolution and it's the new typing right we gotta have a new sauce yeah so I don't know I feel like they pushed Sylveon a little too hard that kind of frustrates me but whatever I think Sylveon is cool like I think it's I, I, I think I think if we're talking design-wise, uh, I, I think I think Leafeon and Glaceon probably are the coolest I've, for me. I've always loved the designs of Leafeon and Glaceon, like really. Yeah, and I I, I'll, I will say their their evolution gimmick is a bit uh, is a little bit time consuming, but yeah, uh, I, I I love the designs. I don't think the evolution gimmick is as bad as Umbreon and Espeon, or, and I don't know what the I don't know exactly how you evolve Sylveon to be honest with you. Uh, friendship. Yeah, I hate that. It just let me go. Let me go stand <laughs> I, by a rock and give sunny, a rare candy. Sunny, out of context. I, I'm I'm gonna make that short or done. Friendship. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. That's just, that's just going on the channel now. <laughs> I'm here for it. Take a timestamp. Anyway, all right. Let's get into talking about the actual game that we are here to talk about, which is Yu-Gi-Oh. So uh, maybe put a little thing at the beginning of the video that says like skip to 13 minute mark if you want to hear about yeah. actual Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, if you if you don't care about Jolteons, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw you. But also, exactly. here's the skip button. Uh, <laughs> so okay. we have the announcement of the next core set, which is the first bit of news to cover. This is called Phantom Nightmare. So the this is the third core booster pack of 2023. The release date is October 23rd of this year. This will contain cards for old themes as well as new themes, as most core sets do these days. And of course, there will be quarter century secret rares included within this set. And that's it. That's all we have the information that we have. Yeah. And that October release date is for the OCG. Yeah. So I think there's only one uh, kind of weird consideration here. So this set will have quarter century secret rares in the OCG because at that time it will still be the 25th anniversary. But right. uh, it's possible that this set comes out in January for us or even February. So it's probably February. Yeah. My guess is they will probably still include the quarter centuries, even though we're not technically in the quarter century. Uh, but it's it's possible that they remove them just for time frame reasons, which would be bogus. It would suck. But I'm saying I'm just saying like there is maybe a universe where that happens. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. It would big time Omega suck. There's a universe where it happens for sure. But all that would be is the latest slight against the TCG by Konami. That's all that would be. Right. Which, right now they're tracking. I mean, like, 25th, the 25th anniversary set. uh, I think think they should just be trying to continue the Ws. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, Uh, Next week, speaking of the OCG... Let's talk about their... They got a new Forbidden Limited list announced uh, as of recording today, Mm -hmm. this morning. Uh, This was announced Sunday morning. This is the July 1st, 2023 limit regulation for the OCG. Uh, I am just going to blow through this. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to read these cards off really fast. Because 
I we can take a, it one section at a time, but quickly. Yeah, because we'll do one section at a time. I actually it's not relevant to comments us. on these, but yeah. Yeah. The the Forbiddens are Kashira Fenrir, oh, super you, heavy. Uh, si you missed a Forbidden card. No, I didn't. Kashira Fenrir, yes, super heavy samurai uh, souls. So wait, no, it's the third card on this list that I'm looking at. Oh, uh, I'm looking at the list I sent you. Okay, I'm on wide organization. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kashira Fenrir, Super Heavy Samurai, Soulbreaker, Cyberstein, and Smoke Grenade of the Thief. So uh, Cyberstein makes yeah. sense because it's an FDK go go go. Um Smoke Grenade because it's cancer. So that makes sense. Uh Kashira Fenrir, kind of wild. It was already limited over there. It's kind of wild that they mm -hmm. are also banned it. But Honestly, I'm fine with it. I think that this card should be limited in the TCG as well. A lot of people are like, no, it should be semi-limited. And I'm like, no, this card is stupid and dumb. And it's searching itself. is just not cool. Like It's really strong. It makes like, it, when you use it, I, I was on the train of like, please don't hit Fenrir. It's cool generically. But like, it, it, being able to add itself just means that like, removing it becomes like such a terrible decision. Because if you remove it after it adds itself, they just special another one. And if you yep. remove it, like, when it hits the field, you run the risk of them just summoning another one. Yeah, so, it's like, so you should ban Fenrir, or limit it. Yeah. Uh, so. So the other, so one thing, for those who do not know, Super Heavy Samurai Soulbreaker Armor might be kind of a strange card to see as forbidden. Uh, this is this is an FTK. Uh, this card burns you for, like... You, you, you use Transporter to give your opponent a big Benkei, and then you burn them for, like, you reduce the big Benkei's attack with Ancient Gear Ballista to, or, and its defense to zero, and then you get three of these in your graveyard, you banish them, and you burn them for 35 three times per game. So, they're just banning an FTK is what they're doing here. Ah, okay. I was wondering why Soulbreaker specifically, but that makes sense. Cybersign yeah. is the same thing. It's just an FTK, so. Just get out. Uh, newly <laughs> limited cards. Do you want to take this section? Deal, yeah. Uh, it might be in a different order than yours. Uh, so for limited cards, we've got Performa Pal Monkey Board, Math Mech Circular, Super Heavy Samurai Soul Piercer, MX Saber Invoker, Pot of Prosperity, uh, Pearly Sleepy Memory, and Runic Fountain. Um, sure. So stuff that is interesting here, Circular is the same thing that the TCG did. Right. Um, I mean, the card is really good. Uh, funny enough, still playable. Like, uh, it's still been yeah. topping events. It's just not like... It's just Rogue now, rather than the 34th best deck. Um, yeah. Monkey Board, TCG also did this. Soul Piercer. Uh, so the OCG's uh, approach to hitting Super Heavy is very interesting. TCG just is like, no, you, you, you're gone. Get out. Uh, OCG is like, uh, you can still play, but we're going to get rid of all the nasty stuff you can do, and we think Soul Piercer is too strong. So that's cool. Uh, MX Saber Invoker is, is, is kind of wild. Um, we have yeah, not I don't had this... Like this. I don't really see a reason to unban it. Um, Prosp to one uh, is fair. The card is ridiculous. Um, it's kind of a strange way to hit it. I think it, Master Duel also did this. Pearly Sleepy Memory Limit is kind of interesting. It's a less harsh hit uh, to Pearly than the TCG did, in my opinion. But limiting this spell is still very strong. And Runic Fountain to one is like, why didn't the TCG do this? This hit actually does something. But anyway. <laughs> I Any? will say I I think the Soul Piercer limit makes a lot of sense. I think punk, Monkey Board Circular makes sense. I don't love Circular 1, but it's fine. Uh, Invoker's dumb. 
Prosperity, <laughs> I love the limit of prosperity. I love that so much. That should have happened... That should have happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I don't like Runic Fountain to one, because I like the Runic Engine, unlike most people. But... <laughs> Whatever, I'm biased. I think, uh, the runic engine, I think, is frustrating because if you don't have a good way to interrupt it, it is like draw six, which is ridiculous. But um, it, it enables a lot of very cool rogue decks that have not been able to see play. Like, Fur Hire yeah. has never been good until exactly this point in time. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, semi-limited. Let's talk semi-limited. You got it. Armageddon Knight, Super Heavy Samurai, Bike... Prank Kids, Meow Meow Moo, and Block Dragon. Very funny that Meow Meow is doing the opposite of what it is here. Probably because they have the adventure stuff like hit over there to one, and we don't. Yeah. Armageddon Knight, I guess. I don't I don't see a reason to pull to peel it off, but whatever. Super Heavy Samurai motorbike is literally just a consistency hit, which is something mm-hmm. that they love to do over there. And Block Dragon, I'll say it. That's really dumb. Anyway. <laughs> block dragon to two is like lightning storm to two uh, were they even playing three block uh, anyway yeah oh yeah um, they were for sure they were okay oh yeah regardless uh, that card shouldn't be at yeah. one much less two <laughs> yeah too crazy uh unlimited uh so we got ancient fairy dragon from semi to unlimited sure, Sa- sure. salmon greg gazelle from semi limited to unlimited sure now, honestly that could probably happen here too uh yeah, so you just called dreads Semi-limited, unlimited, sure. Uh, Telenite Tomaiest, semi-limited, unlimited, nobody cares. Uh, Blackwing Steam the Cloak to three, who cares? Thunder Dragon Hawk to three, who cares? Fire Formation Tenki to three, who cares? Uh, Nadir Servant to three, who cares? Uh, Spellbook of Judgment to three, who cares? None of this matters. <laughs> it's crazy that when Spellbook of Judgment got peeled off the ban list to one, everybody collectively went, and then uh, now we're saying it could go to three. Who cares? It is funny. Well, it's like the dragon rulers, right? We're like, Tempest is coming off. Oh, it turns out it did like basically nothing. And now now Blaster came off and everyone's like, yeah, this is the one that we've said could come off the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, wild. Um, well, uh, do you want to? So, uh, by the way. Uh, we're taking all bets on the new set, the Phantom, the Phantom Nightmare set. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you think is going to be the retro support here? It's kind of weird. So, there's two options. One's obvious. Well, one's does, not obvious. So it doesn't have to be named after the support that's in it, right? But like, Correct. usually it kind of is. So the yeah. obvious answer is Phantom Knights. Sure. And I, I think that what, Phantom Rage was the last time we got PK support. Uh, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a new wave. It's a popular deck. Um, the other possible option is Phantom Beast, which actually is possible because one of the uh, so one of the support themes with Phantom Beast was like the Gazelle King of Mythical Beasts. But that was initially kind of translated as Phantom Beasts from the people who were predicting it. Uh, shoutouts to Pain96. Um, so it's possible that there's Phantom Beast support here, but also it's probably Phantom Knights. Uh, I would like to make a counter argument because of specifically of the word nightmare, not phantom. No. You bell. Oh, 
Wasn't the Ubel stuff Phantom Darkness too? Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't. I don't know of Ubel ever getting any other support outside of GX. What's funny? Ubel hasn't had like a reprint in TCG in a long time. Uh. Well. Uh, specifically for the word nightmare. That that's why it popped into my head, and that's what makes sense to me. So. Yep. So Ubel's you know. Ubel's print was actually in Phantom Darkness. So oh, well, actually, actually, that that's starting to sound like it might be the case. Well, don't don't hold your hopes up, uh, GX fans, but it's definitely possible. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think there's a much higher likelihood of it being Ubel than Phantom Knights. I mean, Phantom Knights did just already have a set basically centered yeah. around it, so it would yeah. make sense for it to be something else. I, I I really do like. I actually think it's Ubel. Hmm. So uh, okay. Well, let's go uh, ahead and talk about the remote dual YCS. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, did I miss any more news before we before we get into this? Uh, not that I can think of. Okay. Uh, I think that's so, it for news. Yeah, we can go ahead and cover the top thirty-two actual, you know, the actual top thirty-two uh, breakdown first. And then we can go ahead and cover the top, the some of the individual deck lists that we have seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So uh, do you want to cover top thirty-two, or would you like me to do it? Uh, you go ahead and cover it. I I got you. Okay, so any remote dual YCS top thirty-two. Uh, it's just, it was a small YCS. I believe it was two hundred and fifty-eight players, uh, something like that. So. It, it was almost 300. Uh, I, they announced that the player count was like 255, 258 oh, okay. before the event started. Yeah. Um, so the uh, top eight. So we've got eight Cash Tira making up uh, 25% of top cut, which makes sense. Uh, still the best deck, but certainly not at the levels that it was. Uh, this is a bit surprising. Uh, so we've got five Dragon Link in 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 top 32 and these are largely the um the bestial dragon link stuff playing like regained branded beasts playing it like a very like mid-range kind of advantage deck mm-hmm. um and it's actually uh it's it's done really well um trish tv got top eight we can look at his list later uh it's a darn good deck this format um next up <laughs> tied for third in the representation we've got three fluanderies players which as a meta call actually makes a lot of sense but i i'm surprised to see this many and then after that we've got three runic for higher sprite proving itself to be the dominant sprite variant uh, like we said earlier um life twin is nowhere to be found um there's only one other sprite deck that tops we'll get into it two rica sun avalon uh, i think rica is solidifying itself as like a real tier two option uh and Having it top NA events as well means uh, it's a real deck. We have to respect it. Uh, yeah. One branded, sure. Uh, so one uh, Melfi Sprite, and this uh, Melfi Sprite player was also on the adventure package. Um, one Labyrinth, one Vanquish Soul. Again, Vanquish Soul, like one of them is topping every event, it feels like. So it's like a real deck you can play, but it's got, it feels like a low conversion rate or maybe just low rep. Uh, I feel like one... it's, this is going to be one of those like, regional grinder decks you know yeah i definitely agree uh one one pirelli which uh, i'll say is quite surprising yeah uh, post post hit i think a lot of people gave up on this but there have been a few people really trying to lab it uh one super heavy samurai which Same goes thing. super dummy 
Uh, <laughs> one tier laments. Same thing. Also kind of the same thing. One Sky Striker, um, which is also quite interesting. Uh, the profile Sky for Striker that is at two. least made top 16. Yeah. We have one Plunder Adventure in top 32. Uh, one Ignister Math Mech. So Math Mech still being rogue. And one mm-hmm. Exosister, which ended up winning the event. Naturally, <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> we're we're going back to Niagara. Raymond I, we're <laughs> we got another one for you. Exosister, by the way, now has the same amount of YCS Bruins as Branded, which I think is very funny. I I'll be honest, I I hate Branded. I'd rather Exosister win in win the more YCSs than Branded. But I also don't really like Exosister, so it is what it is. <laughs> you heard it here first. Sunny hates branded. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate branded. The deck just needs to go die, says the Sword Soul player. Anyway. Uh sad that there's no Sword Soul here, of course. Uh mm-hmm. Dragon Link makes a lot of sense. Uh, the resource loop is crazy. Uh Runic for Higher Sprite. That deck is certifiably insane. Uh people don't realize how good that deck is, but uh the deck is very good. Uh I don't know. There's just lots of text with good resource loops here, whether people realize it or not. Like having a good resource loop is kind of the bread and butter of Yu-Gi-Oh right now. So definitely agree. It's also this is a very diverse meta game. Like obviously this is a smaller event, but like this is top thirty-two of a YCS with a whole bunch of different decks that are able to take a piece of the pie. Yeah. So you can build something well and, and do well with it. I do think though that one of the issues that you're actually going to run into with this diverse of an event is personally for me going into nationals it's how do you prepare for this many different decks within the meta right Mm. how do you how do you be able to prepare inside deck effectively for cash tiara but also dragon link but also flu right but also the the different runic decks, the different sprite decks, the different vanquish. Now you have vanquishal, you have pearly still running around. You have super heavy samurai. You have these high end combo decks that are gonna set up this crazy board. You have these mid range control decks or even mid range combo decks with like this sprite uh, sprite melfi deck, which this one is a sprite adventure melfi deck. So now you have to account for that too. You know, uh, you have control decks. You have sky striker labyrinth still is represented here right and then like i said you have mid-range control with decks like vanquishal with decks like pearly that's what these decks are these decks are mid-rangey control decks even exosister can assess to that so for me there's so many different decks with so many different play styles that these are kind of the formats to me where you really end up with these are to me anyway these are the formats that it's less about the uh, i think the unfortunately i think when you get to nats you're gonna find whatever deck can run the floodgate that is the most impactful which is kind of something that we saw last year with sword soul being able to run rivalry which is very impactful across the meta as well as Mystic Mine and have outs in engine for both Rivalry and Mystic Mine. That was kind of the name of the game last year. I think when you have a the cards that blanket hit the most of the meta, 
that's where you'll see the decks that can effectively utilize the cards that can blanket hit like that the best. The decks yep. that can do that the best are going to be the best decks. So we'll see exactly what what we have going forward here because it I don't know man, it, it could it could be pretty disgusting at nationals. You should probably run twins or cosmics or something to account for the potential of floodgates because when you have a format that's this diverse that's the only way to really handle it is to run floodgates like that yep so uh, a couple of things interesting to note uh, based on kind of what you've said about a diverse metagame there's two things that i think uh, well three things really but you kind of named one of them which was the floodgates there's two things i think that are, are worth making an analysis for i think a wide metagame is something that really, really benefits the Bestial Dragon Link deck. Yes. Um, which, because, uh, for a few reasons. Firstly, uh, it's, it is a deck that can both play through some number of hand traps uh, and is also resistant to some number of board breakers. Uh, in a format where people can't decide if they want to be playing hand traps or board breakers because the format is so wide, having a deck that can play under or around most of those cards is super valuable, even if you're making a couple of other trade-offs to play it. Uh, and also, again, like it has a lot of minimal setups, like with Branded Beast and Branded Regained. It's got a good advantage loop. It can pivot to like ripping cards out of hand if you decide you want to play the Diablosis line. Um, it can So if you want to do like floodgate type stuff, like Wombo Combo, you can. Uh, you can do it both side. Um, and then you mentioned the floodgates as well. Uh, like, for example, the Melfi Sprite player, uh, Joe Dietrich, also a, f a former YCS champion, uh, is side decking three copies of Eradicator. Like, people are just getting on this now. The other, right. the other major format analysis that I want to talk about is that Triple Tactics Thrust is now showing up in a lot of side decks. Um, as if you, like, you look at lists that people are playing and lists that people are doing well with, uh, Mike Thomas, for example, uh, his... Uh, his uh, Bestial Dragon Link deck, Dragon Link's strongest warrior, uh, <laughs> plays it every format without fail. Uh, much respect as a fellow one trick. Um, is, uh, is, is siding thrust in a bunch of targets. And I think in a format where this is something that you can do, because in a wide format, you want to have answers for as many things as possible. In a side deck that is kind of not possible to do unless you play thrust because thrust lets you play a whole bunch of cards at four copies right so in a wide format where you need to have options to deal with a bunch of matchups as a deck that you pick playing thrust means you do get to play those targets now it's conditional because your opponent has to activate a monster effect but there are a ton of monster effects right now that are activating uh Kashtira has to activate a rise hard and they are also activating a lot of other stuff Fluanderies, if you can bait the normal trap, the Dreaming Town, they will play into it. I did that this weekend. I won a match because I threatened battle phase. My opponent went Dreaming Town. I thrusted into Foolish Burial Goods for Engine and then OTK'd them. Um, so not only is it a card that can get you Engine when you're going second uh, into any specific matchup, it'll get you the Engine piece you need. It also gets you exactly the answer that you want for the matchup. So, like the Wombo Combo decks, you bait a couple interruptions. Uh, once they have no more hard negates, you go thrust into your engine, and then you win the game. Or you pick exactly the board breaker you want. Mike Thomas, for example, uh, Trish TV. I should really just start. I should really just be calling him Trish. I don't know why I'm doing this. Honestly. Um, 
it's because his Twitter name is Mike Thomas. Um, like the side deck is Triple Tactics Talent, Herald of the Abyss, Feather Duster, Lightning Storm, and Daruma Doll. I presume for Pearly and Mathematic Ignister. Just to like yeah. out stuff, right? But it can also go get Chaos Space. It can go get Imperm. It can go get Boot Sector if you really need yeah. it. And it can also go get Dragon Ravine if you can't get to the Link Monster. If you can't get to Romulus. Like, just so many applications for this card in a wide format. So we're going to start seeing a lot more of it. Yeah, I do think that the... Dude, even in Swords Oil, you can go get Blackout. Yes, you can get Blackout. Uh, you can get Emergence. You can get Emergence with this card. It's a normal spell. Vessel for the Dragon Cycle. Yes, exactly. That's crazy. Like In Fluffle, for example, it's absolutely cracked in Fluffle. Because one of the problems that Fluffle has is that um, the, the fusion part of the engine is uh, disconnected from the rest of the deck. Thrust is three more copies of Patchwork. Uh, or, or Polly. Or Polly, if you just need the Polly to a Guardian Chimera. Um, or just to have another copy of Polly. Uh, and so it gets you any Edge Imp you want, plus Fusion Access, or through Foolish Burial Goods, it gets you any Fluffle you want. That's uh, crazy. So, exactly. So it, it also resolves the side deck problem, right? Fluffle doesn't have a lot of room to side deck because the engine requirement is so heavy. Well, you can side deck a little bit of engine out if you are playing Thrust because you those cards are now also engine pieces. So you can build your side deck in such a way that you're actually focusing on Thrust getting your engine when you're breaking boards instead of the breakers. Right, right. So the, also, in a wide format, the flexibility to, is crazy. Also, being able to cut down on things like board breakers... Right, because you can use thrust to go get dark ruler no more. You can use thrust to yes. go get these various different major engine, major non-engine cards. Mm -hmm. And as you go and get all of these non-engine cards, it would allow you to essentially, um, like you said, right? When when instead of going, okay, well, I'm gonna run uh, three. Okay, well, everybody's going to enjoy no video from me for the rest of the episode. So, anyway. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, my mem I'll, my I'll, memory card I'll, got full. Uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll cook something. I'll, I'll cook something yeah. up to, to replace you with. Uh, I'll, make it, I'll make it not Nash this time. I'll come up with something. Okay. Well, I think, Either though, way. that, like you said, it kind of solves the side deck problem. Because instead of running going, okay, I'm going to run uh, three evenly, three Dark Ruler No More, three Lightning mm -hmm. Storm, which would be nine cards. I can yep. run... Uh, or, well, two Lightning Storm, I guess, whatever, which would be eight cards. Mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. run one each of those and then three thrust, and that's six cards, right? Which, therefore, increases my side deck space. So, now I have room to run other great cards within the meta, things like Currycara, Div Incarnate. I think that that card yep. is really, really good into uh, the modern metagame. Yeah, well, especially because, uh, like, against... Anything that's activating like monster effects, Kurikara is almost never dead. Like it's very yeah. rare that someone doesn't play into it. Kind of like Thrust, where a lot of the decks you're playing against, it's super rare that they play into it. Like the Vanquish Soul has to play into Thrust. They really just right. do not have an option. Tons of like tons of decks are in like Kastira. Kastira is a mandatory effect. They have to play into it. Um, so now, importantly, I think if people start getting on Thrust, there is counterplay, uh, and I think there are decks that have ways to create setups that don't care about it. Uh, Dragon Link is one of them. Uh, if they're worried about thrust, they could just go like rip two cards out of your hand and then end on uh, like end on like a beast and uh, and yeah. regained to to mess with to mess with you. 
um, or they can they can shift to do like sloth setups. I don't know. Um, but uh, another deck that has good counterplay into thrust is Rika Sun Avalon, uh, and I think that uh, they can take actually huge advantage of that meta change because of Notoria Rose Whip. Uh, the interaction there is that if people decide that they want to play less Dark Ruler because they want to go get it off a of thrust, Rose Whip says you can only activate one spell trap per turn. So right. if you activate the thrust to go get your spell, 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 spell or trap card. So if you activate your thrust to go get your Dark Ruler or you're evenly matched, you can't activate it. Uh, so there okay. are decks that have play... Yeah, exactly. There are decks that have play around them that can take advantage of that shift. But if you're worried about that, you can also just play three Dark Ruler, three Thrust, some targets, and then you can have like six slots for whatever else you want. So like, I think as the as the meta kind of concentrates, I think thrust gets worse because people will start to like create setups to play around it, and you'll need to dedicate more side deck space for matchups. But with the format, and it sucks because as it gets really good, the card is really expensive, and if you're not going to large events, you should not be paying for it. Correct. But it's it's really darn good right now. Yeah. What's crazy is you would think that like without Gamma in the format, it's not quite as good. And with Nibiru not being that great into the format, it might not be quite as good. But no, it's it's still pretty good. It's mainly... It, mainly the, the reason I think we didn't see it a lot last format is actually because there's less Droll. Last format, there was a lot more Droll. People are still siding Droll, but nobody's maining it and not everybody is siding it. Um, I think you should be maining Droll, by the way. It, I, th- I think we will probably get there. <laughs> I think people will start getting back on it. Um, last, uh, w- the, the last major thing with this event to talk about, I think, is the winner. Because uh, very unexpected. So uh, Exosister, uh, Steven Santoli, won uh, this event on Exo. Uh, they were playing this at the last regional that they attended that I know of, which was the Niagara Falls Regional. Uh, Ease beat them uh, in Swiss with Fluffle, which was very funny. Nice. Um, but uh, obviously a very, very skilled player uh, playing a, a, an interesting pick into the meta. Probably quite strong against everything that's not cash. And honestly, like the deck can turbo out a bunch of stuff to clear cash fields, and they don't care that much about a rice heart at all. So it seems like a decent pick, but I didn't think it would have the guts to like get all the way through. Neither did I. <laughs> uh, neither did anybody else uh, apparently apparently but i mean if it's gonna win oics like you probably have to respect it right like now you gotta think okay i have to prepare for this matchup i don't know how like you like you don't necessarily need to prepare side deck space i don't think but you need to know what it does so that's uh that's kind of news for this weekend uh i do i'll do I don't like a quick sisters i Winning the event or not, I don't think Exosister is good. I don't. I don't think you need to know what this deck does. I'll be honest. Uh, I think you... Ash, Martha, and move on with your life. I think. I think you do. I. I disagree with that take. I think you do yourself a disservice every time that you don't at least give yourself an idea what a deck that is capable of topping an event can do. Uh, obviously you are it is absolutely better. correct it's, and it's not yeah. even like it's like it's an objectively correct take but i <laughs> also don't think that this deck is like really good i think it's fair to say that it's rogue like yeah it's definitely rogue it's like it's kind of like i don't know mystic mine also won a ycs right like 
you have Wait, to. Mystic you have to mine one AYCS. Did 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 you not know about this? Are you are you serious? Oh, that's the one that won that South American YCS a while back. Yes, yes. Mystic Mind Burn deck. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. I I blocked it out of my memory. I'm to sorry. To be fair, I think to be fair, I think nobody has thought about Mystic Mind since it got banned. Which, hallelujah. There's a lot. <laughs> but, there's a lot of different takes that I've seen on the ban list. Right. I've seen. Mm -hmm. Oh, this card can come off. This card be fine. This card's at zero. It could be at three. Whatever. I've seen a lot of that. Never once. No, never no. once have I ever seen somebody say, "You know what would be fine?" Yeah, I don't Mystic even think. Mystic mind coming back. I don't even think I've seen Jeff Leonard post about that. Like, I feel like even 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 the people who liked the card are like, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I want it back, but we really shouldn't." <laughs> so. Like, I think it's even good that even it's today, gone. today, there was an entire discourse about Kit Kalos coming back. Today. Hell no. Hell no. Absolutely I, not. That card cannot come back. That, so right? the argument, like, I, I kind of want to break down the argument just a bit for the sure. viewers if, if, they, if they're not on Twitter.com. Uh, <laughs> which, good for you if you aren't. Um, Honestly. The <laughs> blue sky invite win. Uh, so the argument is basically... A Kitkalos can come to one if we just ban all the Ishizu cards. Uh, and my response to that is, absolutely not. No. Agreed. <laughs> like, and my I, thing is, at that point, why would you ban four more cards to bring one back? Yes. Now, there is probably an argument to get rid of the Ishizus anyway. But I think Agreed. at one, they have caused basically no damage. They get to be cool utility pieces for decks that play them. Uh, so I don't really have a problem with them as a thing stand. Here's here's my thing. Mm -hmm. Kalos is an obscene Yu-Gi-Oh card for a deck that is still topping events. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have to be 21 and up to play the deck now. But... <laughs> I, I don't see how people can justify this card coming off the list. I don't think even if you bring even if you bring the deck back at this point, like even if you bring Kitkalos back, mm -hmm. the deck is still not what it was. It's still not the all-encompassing skill matchup that you want, right? It's just a Gamba deck still. It's a yeah. more consistent Gamba deck, but that's like going from, you know, five to three odds at a blackjack table to three to two odds so and it's the thing still is like, if you give tier limit an inch they will take a mile tier limit got hit in the ocg over and over and over and over again even on this list Correct. the fenrir hit is essentially a tier hit sure like before this list they refused tier to limit give it up was still tier limit was still arguably like a top five deck like yeah. people, there were people making arguments that it was the second best deck behind Rescue Ace. Yes. Like, don't give it more stuff. <laughs> like, and th because it's a mill deck, right? Because it's a deck. Be dead. Yeah, because it's a deck that does mill stuff, right? Like, uh, with with that, we'll get incidental support later. Yeah. Like the like, it just will. Is 
like tons of decks that have that type of generic capability uh, to them. Like Lightsworn is another example of a deck that lived for 12 billion years because it got like a bunch of incidental support. Now Correct. that deck is also similar to Tyr in that it also had a bunch of that incidental support banned. Uh, but <laughs> but it's, it's a similar case study where a, a whole bunch of stuff will support what this deck is doing later. So I, I don't think we need to be giving it back stuff this soon, especially when it's still fresh in people's minds. It's like right. scourge. <laughs> now, I, I will say... I've run out of patience for the, oh, my pet deck is okay to come back. The other ones aren't, but mine is. I've just yeah. run out of it, dude. Like there are, there are justifications that you can make for almost any card on the Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Limited list. You, you can actually point to almost any card in the list and give some kind of a justification for why it would maybe be okay to come back. I can point yeah. to that grass is greener and say, at one, this card could potentially be fine, right? People aren't wanna... deck building around it, you know? And if people aren't deck building around it and everyone's on 40, then maybe it's a fine, even if you bump up to 60. Like, there's a justification there. It's not a good one, yeah. especially you... thrust, but... Okay. So, speaking of uh, bandless justifications, the other reason I'm, I'm popping in on this is that I do actually have a take related to this for Pot of Greed. It's not my take, but it's a take that I want your I want to hear what your reaction to it is. I've okay, I think I know where you're going with this. Go ahead, say it. Okay. So the pot of greed argument, uh Helias, a fellow Albertan. Um I held a contest in a Discord one time uh that said I would I would send out uh something for or give somebody a role. I, I think Helias, I might still owe you something, so hit me up if you're listening. Uh but uh, I basically said I'd, I'd send them something uh, if they could uh give me their worst bandless take that they actually believed. And Helios came out with this. Now, this was close to post uh, the release of Prosperity. So, uh, sure. Blazing Vortex. They said, Pot of Greed should come to one because they're not going to ban Prosperity. And it would mean that there's a meaningful deck building decision between if you should play Pot of Greed or Pot of Prosperity. So, it might dissuade some people from playing Pot of Prosperity, which is arguably a better card than Pot of Greed. Because if you activate the Pot of Greed, you can't activate a Pot of Prosperity. Uh, and if you activate a Pot of Prosperity, you can't activate the Pot of Greed. Obviously, I disagree with this take. However, in a universe where they don't ban Prosperity, there is a bit of sense here. I will say the easy way to shut this argument down is to say, Dex will just play them, and if they see both, oh no, what am I going to do? Uh, <laughs> right. But... Anyway, like you can get to that level of justification for most of the cards on the list is the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I there is a legitimate argument to be made for unbanning Pot of Greed. Actually, and what's crazy is there's a real argument to be made on which would be a more okay, right? Graceful Charity or Pot of Greed. That that that's an argument to be made. Yeah, I think I think Graceful Charity is a better card than Pot of Greed. I, I think, think Pot of Greed would be more okay to come real. off the ban list. If we're being real, I, I think I agree with you. The advantage you can get by pitching stuff makes charity. But the, the counter argument is that Graceful Charity specifically, if you have no cards and you top deck Graceful Charity, it's worse of a card to top deck than Pot of Greed. Yeah, but how often is that happening? Almost never, but the, the point is uh, you yeah, make the like, argument. 
yeah, yeah. You can you can really get into the weeds on this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I but I am like the coming back to Kit Carlos. It's like, dude, your cards. The card is broken. There's no reason to release it off the ban list. It's a format that eighty percent of the player base despised. Why would we do that to ourselves? Why would Konami yeah. do that to us? Which Konami does like doing stuff like that to us. But that's not the point. Yeah. It's like Thunder to Dragon me. Colossus. That card's not coming back. Yeah. They have no reason to bring that card back. Dragon Link is still a deck, right? Thunder Dragon's not, but that's fine because Thunder Dragon doesn't need to be a deck. Dragon Link is. And Colossus is an entirely far too easy floodgate on legs. It's just, yep. there's, there's no point. Yeah. So what's interesting is... It reminds is, me of Arise Heart. Arise Heart should be banned. Yeah, it should go. I think we can be too scared of cards sometimes, right? Uh, so there is like, I think having the discussion is worth it. For example, uh, I was very worried about rolled three and engaged to two. Sky Striker did just top 32, the remote YCS, but it hasn't really seen that much success at the, at the regional level and further events. And I'm like, I've been doing a lot of testing on dueling book for, for the, for the week, for the YCS this weekend. And I haven't really run into striker at all. Um, so I think we can sometimes be too nervous about those. I will fully admit I was wrong about it. Uh, I might prove to be right later with the new support when that stuff comes out. But that I think it's still worth having that type of conversation. And with tier players, um, a lot of tier players really love that deck. Uh, people at my locals have the same take as GGYGO does, which is like every deck feels like it's terrible after you play tier element because of how strong it is. And so... For those people, they're kind of looking for a game that they don't get to play anymore. It's kind of like people who are coming back from Yu-Gi-Oh! after a long time, where they're like, the game is different. It's f for like the power level difference that that had, it really was a different game that you were playing in those mirrors. And so I think people wanting a way to have that feeling back is definitely fair. But it, what's not fair is subjecting everyone else to it. So Kit should say banned. With that said... I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. True. Well, we had another segment, but we're going to save it for next time. You'll have to watch to find out. True. <laughs> and to the people that I asked for opinions on this specific segment, I'm sorry. We'll, we do this a lot. I'm sorry. We'll, <laughs> so tune in next time for some Edison content, because I'm sorry, because I suck. I'm sorry. We did not do Edison. Edison. I, we meant to, but we didn't. So... Um, with that said, thank you all so much for uh, tuning in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Kane Martin, Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Broken Boy 13, Ding Dongs, hosts of the Yang Zang, Earth Machine, Best Deck. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? Still spelled wrong. Oof. HGH Cyber. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. Is Canada Nickelback, John Leo, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Seto Gawaiba. That's a good one. Silver Hope. There's only one rule. Pop the baby. Unbanned number 95. Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savers World. You touch my ta-la-la, my dang-dang-along. Aaron Gardner. Asami. Ashless Chaps. Atsuyo. Simp of the Silver Castle. Blackwing Silver in the Ascendant is the best floodgate. Box Wine. Come on and get your game on. Duty Booty. Dragon Maidenless Behavior. I'm about to rig a glimmer to prefer Costi's Plant Nuts in Your Mouth. Old Man Red Pin Code 143. Sakitama. Aritama. Nikitama. Cam Obama. Slaking it up. And Supercalifragilistic Expelladocious. Heavy Samurai. Whew. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, be sure to check out all of our sponsors down below and be sure to check out our Patreon for that extra episode every week. And also to all of our patrons, uh, 
come on, man. Step step the name game up. I need new, better names. Come on. Y'all have, I mean, honestly, they've been doing a bang-up job. Let, let people let people soak their names in for like a week or two. And That's fine, then, but they then, haven't changed in a few episodes, us. so. Gotta, <laughs> so, you know, you, y'all get are, on that. I appreciate some of these names sticking around for a long time <laughs> if they're really good. But so uh, changing them, it, it is definitely one of the highlights of our episodes when we see a name and we just start laughing at it. So It is. I, I genuinely love it. So with mm-hmm. that said, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Like I said, be sure to check back next episode. I think we're planning to do an Edison primer for those planning on attending the North America World Championship Qualifier where they'll have tons and tons and tons of Edison Time Wizard events. So with that said, thank you all so much, and we'll catch you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Owl, see you later. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.